Hey everybody, thanks for staying with us into our guest segment. We're going to be joined by someone I've been familiar with for a long time. In fact, when I started in radio back in 2007 in the little town of Wickenburg, Arizona, I had Sheriff Richard Mack on the show. And, uh, you know, we uh, are very familiar with each other, and uh, I really support what he does with the CSPOA. We're going to be talking about that today, and uh, we're going to be talking about constitutional rights that are being trampled on as I say these words. You heard the other day when I had on attorney Daniel Dufresne, and Daniel went through example after example where the government's acting in an unconstitutional manner and in ways that have very little to do with virus transmission. And we're going to pick up on that theme and take it in from a law enforcement perspective, not so much a legal perspective, although they'll overlap. But before we go to Sheriff Richard Mack, I have to let you know there are a couple of people who keep this show on the air and keep the lights going. We appreciate them. One, when we look at this, it, we're, <laughs> I'll tell you, we're talking about um, storable food. There are some people who are not prepared. I was talking to one of my neighbors, and that's a rare event out where I live. Usually we shop in bulk, and we're all really prepared out here. But one neighbor, no, they're not. And I really jumped on them. I said, don't come to my door when the shortages appear, and they're going to start this summer. And I said, what do I do? And I'm going to tell you what I told him. Sign up for storable food right now. There'll be a delay in processing because of the volume. The volume's gone up a hundredfold, but they will get it to you within about six to eight weeks. And right there, they'll keep a they'll keep an update on you, uh, for you, on their website. All right. So preparewithdave.com, 25 year shelf life, restaurant quality food, and then I'm going to recommend strongly that you follow up with seeds. And there are stores right now that are stopping people from buying seeds, like Walmart. I get I'm getting inundated with this. So you need to start on this now because I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to get out and about. And then if you have food, you got to have water. And that's the other product we're really pushing, waterwithdave.com. You need a water filtration device because if things get bad enough and people walk off their jobs like they did in Katrina, who's going to manage your water? Who's going to treat it? Well, <laughs> answer is you're going to have to. And this is the water filter to do it. When you go to the website, waterwithdave.com, there's research there, not testimonials, research that shows it's the best device in the industry. And therefore, what I'm telling you is you better act now. And both of these products have never raised their prices through this crisis. Not one. That's why I wouldn't represent them if they did. So waterwithdave.com, preparewithdave.com. You got your food, you got your water. And now you've got the Common Sense Show and Sheriff Richard Mack. Richard, it's so good to hear from you, and I'm really glad to have you back on the air. Um, you've done so much for your country, uh, starting with your representation of the American people with regard to that silly gun registration that you took all the way to the Supreme Court and won. Before we jump into today's topic, can you acquaint our radio listeners who may not be as familiar with you as, as many are about what you did with that case? Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, Coach, it's really been a pleasure to be back with you. I really admire the work you've done over the years. Thank you. And, uh, boy, the first time we were on the air was quite some time ago, wasn't it? It, it, it sure was. I was just a cub in the, <laughs> the woods there when, when we started with regard to experience. But, you know, I was fighting against John McCain's tyranny of trying to steal my community's land 300 families out here north of surprise arizona and uh took us eight years but we beat that dog and we beat his banker friend dogs 
And then uh, uh, up in Wickenburg, a man who owned the station now, the late Pete Peterson, said, Dave, after he had me on a show three times, you need to have your own show. I'll not only put you on here, we're going to try to basically syndicate your show. And he did, and he got me started. And I'll always be uh, yeah. indebted to him. So I, I was I was a college basketball coach at that time, teaching my psychology classes. I had no intention of ever doing this. And I don't think any of us ever did. But anyway, Richard, tell people about how you beat the government before the Supreme Court. Well, not only the government, it was the Clinton administration. So I I have uh, the distinct honor of telling the world I sued the Clintons and lived to tell about it. (laughs) Amen. uh, There's a a lot of people, over 100 people, who can't say that. When they cross the Clintons, man, you you better watch out. So anyway, uh, yeah, it was the Brady Bill. And the Brady Bill was the first time in American history where the federal government passed a law that commandeered the office of sheriff to actually enforce the law. So they didn't use the FBI to enforce it. They didn't use any other FBI or uh, federal agency. I was thinking of BATF because that was the one that was in charge mostly of it. So uh, they just said, ah, we don't need to enforce it. We'll just order order and threaten the the arrest of sheriffs if we fail to comply i'm not and i'm not kidding you You can look it up for yourself the brady bill actually made us answerable to the batf the bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms where they were now kind of our supervisors and congress and the president clinton signed into law that if we failed to comply and failed to go along that we could be arrested for $10,000 fine or a year in jail or both. And so I'm shocked to this day that every sheriff in the country didn't rise up in righteous indignation and just tell the federal government to go to heck and don't worry about it because we're not enforcing that. And instead, it was just the opposite. Every sheriff was really, every sheriff in Arizona was really ticked off about it. But when it came right down to doing it, nobody would do anything about it, and, and I was the only one. And um, I was the first sheriff in American history to start a lawsuit against the federal government, take it all the way to the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, and win a landmark decision there. And it was, it's one of a kind because, one, it's the only time sheriffs ever did that. Six sheriffs joined me in the lawsuit, and... Uh, only one from Texas, which I can't believe to this day, only one sheriff from Texas joined that lawsuit, Sheriff Coog from Valverde County, God rest his soul. And uh, we ended up winning, and it was a 5-4 split. Justice Scalia wrote the decision. And I have to tell you and all your listeners, there's something amazing about that decision that applies to what's going on today. Uh, probably more than any other decision and probably more than any other um, judge's order or any other courts uh, ever to address the issue of how far can the federal government go when it's trying to protect you and keep you safe from a disease. Because Justice Scalia actually wrote, and I've written this down, and put the whole decision in kind of a Reader's Digest uh, pocket-sized booklet. And everyone needs to get this. And I'm not kidding you. I don't care if I don't make a penny off of this. Everybody should get one of these decisions. And you can get that little booklet for just 
five dollars, or five of them for ten dollars. And and so go on the website cspoa.org and order these because this, this is what it says: if you want to see a Supreme Court decision that shoots down what our governments are doing on the coronavirus, this is what it says. But the Constitution protects us from our own best intentions. Now, did, did you catch that, Dave? I got it. Did you catch I, I, that? I got it, yeah. I, I, yeah. But the You're a little child. Protects yep. Us. Yep. I mean, can you get anything stronger to, to downplay and to counter exactly what they're doing here? So they, they think government wants all of us to be brainwashed into believing that if there's an emergency, if there's a crisis going on, then they can stop any constitutional right. They can put aside the Constitution. They can put aside con- God-given rights. They can put aside civil liberties, all in the guise of taking care of us, or it's for your own good. And what we maintain at the CSPOA, and all across this country, it's not just us, obviously, that there's no exception to my God-given right. There's there's never a time the government can come to us, and I don't care if it's the president, Congress, or your local sheriff, or the governor, or mayor, or city council, or county commission. None of them have the authority to set aside God-given rights with the promise of taking care of us, and then the other promise of, well, we'll give them all back to you as soon as the crisis is over. Because if it's that, there's going to be a crisis every year. And there's already been other crises where we haven't shut down the economy, where we haven't ordered home arrest. And home arrest, confining people to their homes is what we do in law enforcement, and sometimes that's a punishment from judges. In lieu of going to jail, you get house arrest. Well, that's literally what they've tried to do to us, and if if we don't do well at that, then they arrest us again. And some jurisdictions are actually doing that, like San Francisco. And then there's other jurisdictions. And, and it's, it's almost in every state where somebody has done something stupid like that, like the sheriff in Florida who arrested a minister for having church uh, last weekend. Rodney uh, Brown, so this, yes. Mm-hmm. This whole thing, well, let me, let me just wrap up that. Uh, this, this whole thing that he said, Scalia said, goes like this. But the Constitution protects us from our own best intentions. It divides power among sovereigns and among branches of government precisely so that we may resist the temptation to concentrate power in one location as an expedient solution to the crisis of the day, end quote. That is in the Matt Prince case, Prince being the other sheriff who went to the Supreme Court with me. Yeah, it's, Can you imagine yeah. anything more powerful than that? No, it, but but I'm not surprised, and, and I'll tell you why. In a county, the main defender of the Constitution, in my humble opinion, is the county sheriff. Uh, it's not it's not your opinion. That's historical fact. <laughs> yeah. Well, today yeah. it's up for opinion. I'm afraid because <laughs> we have an overreach going on right now with the federal government and and right. uh, the CDC. 
which is driving me up the wall. But yes, I mean, in fact, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't catch this in the beginning, where I'm interviewing right now, Sheriff Richard Mack, Graham County, and I'm real familiar with the area up in the Thatcher area of Arizona, beautiful area, wonderful people. And he went to the Supreme Court and won against ridiculous gun laws from the Clinton administration. And uh, it's just an example of what a sheriff is supposed to be doing for their people. But Sheriff Mack, the reason I wanted you to come on today is I, I just did a podcast. I said, I'm willing to take reasonable accommodations about social distancing uh, and so forth to try to prevent the spread yeah. of the virus. Yeah, but I'm too. not willing to sacrifice all of my rights in this process. No, I, and I will, I will voluntarily comply, and I already have been. Um, and and I keep a hand sanitizer with me, and I give them away. And in fact, we had the uh, water guy drop off our water uh, just a few days ago, and my wife left him uh, a little note with an envelope, and left him with a little pocket hand sanitizer. And I saw him outside, and he he said, "Hey, is this mine?" And I go, "Yeah, that's yours." He goes, "Gosh, thanks so much. I really need one of these." And and so. We're, we're trying to do our part, but I'm telling you, as soon as government says they're going to force me to do that or they're going to arrest me if I don't, that's when you'll get my civil disobedience. I, and I I'll join others in that. I won't do it. But if I, they're asking me and they're pleading with me, in fact, Thomas Jefferson even addressed that issue. He said, in our Republican form of government, in our republic, he says government can persuade and reason with. In other words, they can ask, they can beg, they can educate us, but he said, they cannot force us. And that's the whole thing about a self-government nation as we are. The government is not here uh, to force us. They work for us, and the promise that our government agents work for us is that they will always uphold and defend, protect, and preserve our God-given rights. That's the reason they're there, and if they stop, if they stop doing that, then they are committing usurpations and committing tyranny. Well, they're committing tyranny right now. I got an email a few days ago from a gentleman who follows me, and he went across the street to shoot baskets by himself from where he lives. He said, "I wasn't more than 200 feet from my front door, and the cops gave me a ticket, and I'm going to have to pay a thousand dollar fine." No, I'll come testify for him, and uh, I don't care. I'll help him out with that. As we get, who was he? Who was he exposing to any problem? Even no, if nobody. he was dying of coronavirus, nobody. He couldn't have hurt anybody if he had to. Richard, have you seen the video of the man in Parkland Hospital? His name jumps out of my head now. And he, the cops came into his room, and they were all gowned up and had masks. And they said to him, "You're taking this coronavirus test, and you know we're going to take blood from you." And he says, "No, you're not." I want a lawyer, and then he said, am I, am I under arrest? They said no, and then about six of them pounced on him and pulled blood out of him. That's aggravated assault. You don't have to, you never have to submit to a medical treatment. Well, you know where they get that, don't you? Where? Some idiot judge said one time when they, they did that, uh, and some idiot judges are actually okaying warrants on DUI arrest for them to yes. suck the blood out of suspects and arrestees. And where they ever came up with that nonsense, that's right out of Nazi Germany. Because I'm telling you, when I was a patrol officer, 
if they refused, they they got an automatic um, suspension of their driver's license for one year. In other words, they didn't get to drive for one year. Now, some of them still did. I granted, I, I granted that, but they would be uh, arrested and taken to jail if they ever got caught. And and I caught several people doing that. And this thing, uh, DUI enforcement, I'm all for it. I don't give breaks for people out there trying uh, to uh, kill people with uh, DUI yes. uh, because they're so stupid that they drink and drive. However, I still respect, respect people's rights. And when they said, I'm not submitting to a test, we respected that. And they were still the, the person to control their own body. And giving evidence against yourself, they don't have to give their blood. They don't have... You know, there's an implied consent form that uh, you sign when you get your driver's license, and uh, that says that you'll take a test. If you refuse, we don't get to jump. But there's officers who do that on these DUI checkpoints. With that. Again, DUI checkpoints are highly uh, unconstitutional. Uh, you can, and I train people. Uh, Coach, do you know how you make a DUI checkpoint constitutional? It's not very hard, but you... Can, no. Do you know how? I can't even imagine how you do easy. it. It's real easy. They have to be voluntary. And you could just put a sign up. When you announce, they, they're required to announce what time and where these are going to be. And so all you have to do is put a put in the note, say notice, that this is voluntary. You do not have to submit if you don't want to. And so people who turn around at the, and go somewhere else to, to avoid the checkpoint, that is not probable cause for a stop. You can follow them if you want and get a driving pattern and, and see if they're driving erratically, and then you can pull them over. But turning around and avoiding a checkpoint is not probable cause for a stop. And you must be honest about this. If people go through the stop and say, I'm not complying, I'm not cooperating, you have to say, okay, we'll see you later. And you could have somebody follow them and try to get a, a pattern. But you cannot force people to give up their rights to self-incrimination or to peaceably assemble and if they if you don't have probable cause to stop someone you can't force them to show you their papers and and this is really crazy because we've done this for decades in america that you must stop at this checkpoint you must submit your papers your driver's license your registration and your insurance papers and if you don't have any of the three then they arrest you for that. And this, this, we have gotten so backwards on this, Coach. And this is what gets me. Are we not smart enough and, and sensitive and sensitive enough to know when we've gone too far in this country? And now we use this coronavirus to do the same thing, and now they're talking about forced um, uh, vaccinations? And, and none of this is going to be okay. Well, we are is. not. We sure, are not here. Sorry, I was going to say it even goes go worse. It's worse than that, because I reported yesterday on an official, and his his name is out in my office, but he's a uh, one of the department heads for the World Health Organization, and Tucker Carlson picked up on this yesterday too, and he said, "Well, all we've done when we put you in your homes is put the problem in homes rather than on the streets," and he said. We in the World Health Organization reserve the right to come into your home and take your children if we need to to keep them safe. <laughs> and you know, oh my God. and you know what my answer to that? 
I, I got the Life number. I got the is. number twelve at my front door. You come in and try to abduct my children, and that's an act of war, and I'm going to act accordingly. Yeah, that is, and and that's an act of kidnapping, and I will defend my children from being kidnapped with my life if I have to. But that, you see, that's the kind of crazy thing. And see, if a sheriff gets involved in that and lets them know ahead of time, as soon as he hears that from WHO, which they have no business being in America anyway, but them trying to make that happen by ordering the state police or the army or military, see, that's where the sheriff stands up and says, Hey, you guys, uh, Mr. President, uh, I'm not going to allow that to happen in my county. And if you come into my county and start doing that, I'll have my posse, I'll have my deputies. Because most most sheriff's officers don't have enough manpower to do that. But he can he can swear everybody in in the county that he wants and order them order them to be armed and to make sure this is stopped. Now, I'm not advocating even with that. I'm not advocating violence. I will never advocate violence. But he will, we will stand guard, we will put ourselves in the way, we will interpose, and hopefully they'll get the hint beforehand so this thing will remain peaceful. But we're not going to force their hand, but we, if they force our hand, we will take action, and we will, and we already have a resolution out there, the CSPOA resolution, you can see on our website, that says any violation of the Constitution will be treated as criminal activity. And we will take the necessary steps to stop that. So when government commits crimes, no one should act aghast or have this self-righteous indignation that we're going to do something uh, to cause a war or civil another civil war. We don't let tyrants, and would you let Hitler just keep doing murdering people? We're not going to let them kidnap our children. But you see, again, it's going to take leadership from sheriffs. And this is where CSPOA comes in because we train them to do this. And and isn't it wonderful that we have sheriffs right now standing against some of this stuff? We have sheriffs in uh, Bonner County, Idaho doing it. We have sheriff in uh, Maine, uh, Sheriff Nichols in uh, Maine, and he's doing it. And we have sheriffs in Virginia standing uh, against the gun control laws of that idiot governor uh, in, in Virginia. Uh, and we have sheriffs all over the country that we've been training that are now doing this. All oh, lots of sheriffs in New Mexico standing for the Second Amendment. And some of these same sheriffs are now saying, you know what? Why would I stand for the Second Amendment and then allow you to come in and destroy the Fourth and Fifth and First? And and so, people, let's, let's put America first. Well, I'm sorry. Let's put God first. We want a return to godly principles and that we first obey God's law in this country, and that would mean, first and foremost, we would like to ask the president to have a word of prayer before every press conference. Put these people on notice that we will be following godly principles as we discuss these issues. And and Trump has been uh, pretty good. He, He has not declared martial law. He has not made these executive orders. He has said himself that these are guidelines, we hope everybody follows, and I will follow somebody like that. But the problem but is, in, in, in your Democratic cities, like in Phoenix with Mayor Kate Gallegos, who's absolutely gone insane, you've got these Democrats yeah. that seemingly want to punish the people, make them hate life, so they blame Trump in the election. And so we're seeing yeah. them make Trump's guidelines, you know, and, and expand them greatly 
to make people miserable. And I'm saying, I'm telling people right now to stop obeying their Democratic mayors. Exactly. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat, but it is usually Democrat. And isn't it funny that these Democrats that always want to be so magnanimous and kind and accepting and tolerant? Boy, you mess, you mess with any of their executive orders and they're going to come after you with the most Hitlerist, uh, onerous uh, enforcement methodology that you could ever imagine. I said, where do these people get off? They say they hate Hitler and they hate all these other uh, 20th century dictators, and then they act just like them. I know. I know. It, it's it's no, insane. It's, it's astonishing. Well, how long do we put up with this? Because if we follow Fossey's advice, which he should be out because he has ties to Bill yeah, Gates. Yeah, he should be fired already. Yeah, I don't know exactly. why Trump has kept him. Well, he's disrespectful to Trump in public, and then he has uh, right. conflicts of interest with Bill Gates when he's a federal employee. Uh, he should be out. But he's saying right now, oh, we're going to have a second wave of the corona, and he's implying strongly that we have to be locked down through 2021, and I'm saying no way in heck am I going to agree with that. No, no. And and that uh, one is we know that Trump wants to get reelected. And so Trump is going to try his best uh, to have things open up. Uh, at the very latest, it would be the first part of October. But he's going to have to shoot for September if he's going to really get, get reelected. But if he keeps the lockdown thing going uh, and doesn't try to open up, reopen the economy, uh, it's going to be irreversible. I mean, people are going to go on. You're not going to be able to restart your businesses because people are going to move on and get other jobs or they're going to move out of state or even out of the country uh, or they're going to just get used to their uh, unemployment check. And this is going to destroy the economy that's going to be irreparable. You can't destroy uh, an economy and then just two weeks later say, okay, everybody, go back to work, and it's going to all bounce back. Uh, that's really, really wrong. And the thing of it is, it's really a, an issue of freedom. Do I have the right to own my own business and to have it flourish? And if I fail or if I succeed, it's up to me, not to my government. And, and so uh, I'm going to tell you this April 10th, we supported the, the president that we should be open by April 10th. That would be the Sunday, Easter, he said Easter. I'll even go to April 4th, 30th with him, but I'm not going any further than that. I'm the same way, and, exactly. And this, needs to, this needs to go back. And right now, the CSPOA is working on a letter, uh, a press release, and a letter to the president saying all of this. Uh, and again, three we're after three things, Mr. President. Return to God, and we repent as a nation, uh, and then we put uh, freedom back where it belongs, and that we protect individual God-given rights, and we work we work together as a country to try to stop this. And number three, we get the economy back going, and we open we open up for business. Uh, schools won't be going back, but uh, schools could start back earlier to make up this time, mm-hmm. or we just finish like we are right now online, and then get uh, kids uh, back to regular school in in August. And uh, so he's going to have to come, uh, he's going to have to start doing that, or he is going to lose the election. Uh, and and I think I think Fauci is, is an enemy to, to Trump, and I think he's an enemy to America. He, uh, he's given so much contradic- 
contradictory uh, information. He contradicts himself every other day. And and he's somebody running our country right now that we've never voted for. And uh, I, uh, I, 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 Brex, I think, is okay. That lady seems to be pretty measured. Uh, but this Fauci guy, uh, he's the wrong person for the job. And I will even tell President Trump that. Dr. Stephen Smith in New York has treated 72 patients who he said every single one of them have responded uh, very well to the hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. And yet that is going great guns. And so what does, it, what does the media say today? They have a doctor saying that it's killing people because it, the, the side effects is heart disease. And my cousin has been on hydroxychloroquine for quite some time. She's had some really horrible illnesses. She takes it all the time. She's had no side effects. She has heart problems, and she's been taking this stuff for about 10 years. And uh, I, I just don't believe all this uh, brainwashing and propaganda that uh, keeps coming out. Right after the students or the kids uh, went to Florida to the beaches, and there was a bunch of them, they came out two days later saying, uh, and a bunch of those kids now tested positive. They have no documentation of that. They had no, they had no any specific number. No. It was just, it was just propaganda again. And and even if they do, okay, those are the chances these kids took. And and it, it's nothing for the rest of us. And I'm telling you, the propaganda and brainwashing has been going on. Uh, man, Hitler would be so proud of them uh, for the propaganda scheme. They're, 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 propaganda. There are two big examples of what you're talking about compared to Florida. There was a woman who was dying, and she was pregnant, and they delivered her baby in Baton Rouge, and the baby was 22 weeks premature. No chance of survival. None. The genitals weren't even formed. They didn't know if it was male or female, and the baby and the fetus, when it was born into a baby, died, as you would expect, and they listed the cause of death as coronavirus. Coronavirus. And then yeah. in, in Connecticut, the governor, and he should be taken out of office for this, he goes on the media yeah. and mentions these parents and said, oh, their child died tragically of coronavirus. <laughs> and then the parents were back in the media and said, no, he's lying. Our child died of an accident at home. And when I'm getting reports from all over the country from doctors, and, uh, and doctors now are going public with this on YouTube and places like that, but doctors and nurses are telling me that basically they're told when someone dies, if they're not in the final stages of chemo treatment, haven't had a gunshot, or they've died in a car accident, list coronavirus as the cause of death. Well, I will tell you, you started out with, and I put to rest one of the rumors, and uh, I, I want you to tell me if you can hear this in the background. Did you hear that? I heard a click, but those I didn't... Are my, those are my vegetable seeds I'm shaking that oh. I bought from Walmart. <laughs> oh, really? They sold and you? I'm telling you, I've, I've been to four different Walmarts in two different states and there was no problem getting seeds. That's good because I've gotten pictures of people with a sign uh, and roped off. Uh, it was vegetables mm-hmm. and seeds and um, and people were saying we couldn't get in there and buy them. So I think it might well, be I, on a store basis and I, I don't know that it's universal it but I know be. it's happened. I know it's happened though. I'm, it might be. I don't know why one would say it and another wouldn't but uh, it, there was gobs of packages of seeds, and no one cared, and there was very few people buying anything that day. Oh, in fact, it was, I, I got one yesterday uh, right outside Austin, Texas, 
I'm actually in Texas right now. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, uh, we're here with family, helping family, and and uh, you know, I I don't know, but uh, uh, the ones in uh, the Phoenix area near our home in Levine, uh, no problem there, and no problem here, and um, so I don't know about that, but uh, you know, Walmart can sell whatever they want. They it's, it's a private business. If they want to keep seeds for themselves or whatever, I don't know. But uh, if they're ordered not to do that by the government, that's another story altogether. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know that that's happened. Yeah. I just know people you know, said that these areas were roped off, and I probably have a half dozen of those reports, and I'm not the only one that's got those. But I know it's not universal either because my them on the internet too. Yeah, well, my wife went in uh, yesterday and bought G, uh, non-GMO seeds. So, you know, and, and, yeah. and so people will get upset with me. They'll write into me, Dave, I was able to get seeds. But I'm saying, well, there are some people who aren't able to. So, right. and I'm wondering why there's the inconsistency. But I don't think that's among our major problems. Our major problems right now is our economy is in free fall. We're going to approach over 50% unemployment. And even if we started back today, I had an economist on my show yesterday. And it's going to take, he said, a couple of years to recover from the damage already done. Yeah, and the longer we wait, the longer that recovery is going to take. And I don't care how many stimulus packages Washington, D.C. does. That's just another sign of stupidity of Washington, D.C. brainwashing that, one, there's endless money in Washington, and we can just spend it however we want. And, uh, two, that uh, giving people money like that is going to save us somehow, and it's not. Uh, Okay, so my wife and I get $2,400. And they, they haven't even figured out how to get that to everybody. Uh, and the bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. is still the, the least effective uh, way of doing anything. But uh, $2,400, what's that going to do for me and my wife? That's going to add, that's going to get us to where we can pay bills for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's it. What are you going to do the next week? You know, so I, I don't get this. And, uh, you know, everybody thinking that government's here to take care of us and to save us. Uh, if they would just stop causing the problems in the first place, and if the people would rise up and just say, look, I'm running my own business, I'm running my own family, we will try to cooperate because we certainly don't want this disease to get any worse. But I'm not shutting down my life. My, uh, my American dream was to have this business. I'm not destroying it because of you or because of your regulations or executive orders, we will be good neighbors, and we will try everything we can. But there has never been a time in American history where we have shut down everybody's American dream, everybody's economy, everybody's livelihood, and then say, but we'll take care of you. No. Keep your business open, just like Sweden is doing right now, just like several states are still doing, and we will work together to promote each other, to keep our economy going, to keep each other free, to keep each other safe, and to diminish this disease. And there's another doctor who just came out, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. I can look it up real quick. But he just came out and said, we're doing just the opposite of what we should be doing for this disease because the term he used is we need herd immunity. In other words, let let it take its course. Yes, fight it however you can with uh, vaccines or antibiotics or the hydroxychloroquine and fight it as best you can but we have got to build this up 
because right now all of us hiding from the disease, as soon as we come out from hibernation, it's going to really hit us. And if that's the case, it'll be even worse than before. And then they're really going to shut us down. So there's never a time where we can use a crisis of the day as an excuse for destroying what made America great in the first place, personal and individual liberty, they cannot take that away. And if we allow them to, it's going to happen all the time. Well, we're allowing them to, and we're also allowing them to take away our right to worship, especially in this Easter season. And I'm really upset about it because you could have more services, you could have social distancing, and you could still have Easter service that would be just as safe as people going to the box stores. And there's, but to me, oh, yeah, totally. to me, I think this is intentional, and I think it's a deliberate attack upon Christianity. Well, I think it is, and I think it's it's more ubiquitous than just Christianity. It's every church, anybody who meets on Sunday or meets anytime. I don't care if you're Seventh Day Adventist or you're Buddhist that meet on Wednesday. Or, uh, I don't care. I don't care what religion it is. I don't care if you're no religion at all. I don't care if you're atheist. We don't have the right to take away your individual liberty because what we think is a crisis. And and you know we, we didn't shut any. We didn't shut down people and make them stay in the homes after 9/11. The the airline industry what shut down for about 10 days. And they reopened, but it was in a direct attack on airlines. And and no one ordered the airlines to stop. They stopped because it looked like it was too too dangerous to fly. And and so then they started back up. And what were the CEOs saying of the airlines? Look, I know everybody's afraid, so we're going to take the first flight. Come on along with us. We know we're safe. We know we've taken care of the problem. And again, that wasn't an airline problem. That was a problem with allowing uh, terrorists uh, to come into our country unchecked, unvetted, and to enter uh, flight training schools in Phoenix, Las Vegas, and a few other areas without us using our heads. And uh, it wasn't because we didn't have enough federal agents. It's because we didn't adhere to the intel that we had in the first place. So this whole thing just stinks at every corner. Uh, I hope President Trump will take take a stronger stance uh, against some of these uh, methodologies being uh, employed by governors and mayors. And just if he would stand up and say, first, uh, my dear friends, uh, my dear fellow Americans, we all have got to return. And the first return is to our God. And we want to pray and fast uh, this Friday, which is kind of a, uh, an American fast, I'm going to be joining that. And I would love President Trump to say, I'm joining it, and I'm asking all of you to join it. And we're going to start this press conference with a word of prayer, because that's what we do in this country, and that's what George Washington did uh, during the Revolutionary War. And we want to be like General Washington, and we want to stand for what's right. And so I'm asking everybody to fast with us this Friday and pray with us now, and then he could call our minister. Uh, one of his friends and supporters uh, to pray before the press conference and really kick off all those liberal uh, hacks that are uh, part of the uh, fake media and the, and the deep state there and and then tell everybody we're going to get we're going to get this licked 
But we're not going to destroy our country for this. And so the lockdown is going to be over on April 30th. And we're going to do the best to work together to, to bring this back. And we're going to return and we're going to restore our Constitution because all of us have taken an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution, and none of us have any permission to violate that oath, including me. Oh, man. Are you hearing Can you from... imagine that kind of leadership? Yeah, I know. I wanted to ask you, with your work um, in your organization, in your contact with sheriffs, are, are you getting the sense, too, that they'll stand with this April 30th date? I think they will if, if we can get them united, and that's what we're trying to do. We're actually uh, devising that letter to get out to the sheriffs. So I, I think I think we can do it, and uh, we're trying to raise money to get that out. Uh, we've got to get a list that's costing us about $1,000 to get the list of all the sheriffs. And I've had a lot of the sheriffs uh, under our uh, on our contact information, but they change all the time. And it's like herding cats, keeping track of 3,080-some-odd sheriffs in this country, because they're always up for election every year. They retire every other year, and it is really a difficult thing to do. But that's what we are trying to do. But again, I highly recommend that people go to our website, make a donation, or at the very least, get those pocket pocket constitutions. Get a pocket constitution, too, but get that on your own. But get those pocket uh, victory for state sovereignty reviews of the Matt Prince Supreme Court decision. Again, the only time in history where a sheriff has sued the federal government and won, and the Clinton administration, no less, the decision came out June 26, 1997. It's very historic. It's extremely powerful. And everybody in this country should do that. And Dave, I'll ask you the same thing. Um, uh, with with you and your family and the, your associates and your supporters, everybody can become a member of the CSPOA. Become a member. It, it's it's like fifty bucks uh, for a one year membership, and if, so so you're spending about three dollars and fifty cents a month. Get involved in this. Help support what we're doing, and for heaven's sakes, uh, take do something more for liberty, and this organization is extremely liberty-oriented. Yeah, It's all about God, family, and country, and I'm telling you, we've seen such miracles happen with sheriffs standing across the country. And let me ask your audience, which sheriff do you want in your county? The one in Maine, Sheriff Nichols, who told his governor, we will not create a police state here, we will not act like Nazi Germany here in this county, or the sheriff in Florida who arrested the minister for having church services. We're the ones that have been out creating those types of sheriffs that will stand for their oath of office and stand for liberty. So which one do you want in your county? Yeah. Well, if you want to help keep that going, join the CSPOA. Everybody can join. You don't have to be in law enforcement. You don't have to retire law enforcement. This is a citizen organization where we work from citizens with our sheriffs. If the sheriffs see that you don't care, He's not going to care. And so we're really trying to get that message out, and you can really help us. Everybody join. CSPOA.org. Become a member. Get those books uh, to your kids and to your people around you and to, you know, give those to the mayor and let him highlight that for him or her and say, here, here you go. You're I, not I, allowed to be doing this. Stuff. I think I know the answer to this question, Sheriff, but... Um, 
when people are unhappy about the uh, unconstitutional restrictions being placed upon them by Democratic mayors and governors, who would you rather have them write to, their congressman or their sheriff? <laughs> well, if you want to get something done, do it with your sheriff. If you want a political uh, coin pin uh, answer from uh, one of the staff members, uh, send it to Washington, D.C. Well, you've got my commitment that um, we are going to use our resources both on our podcasts, our three radio networks, our YouTube channel, and our website that we're going to promote the heck out of this organization because I think it may be the quickest way to turn this back. But I wanted to ask you another question we didn't get to. Uh, In various places in the country, we've got the National Guard. I have nothing against the Guard, but I have something against what they're doing. They're crossing on people's property lines, going up to their door under the premise of asking them about coronavirus in their house. Well, first of all, they're exposing themselves, and if they're infected, they're exposing others. That's stupid on its face. But on the other hand here, I look at this as incrementalism, that when you open the door, how do you know that someday they're not going to come in and take your guns or your kids on behalf of the World Health Organization? What do you think about the National Guard coming on your property? And if you were a citizen and that happened to you, what would you do? Well, again, I hope that the sheriff already puts them on notice that uh, they're not to uh, confiscate property and not uh, take uh, law enforcement matters into their own hands. That is essential that we try to preempt that with education to them from our sheriffs. So if people uh, really want to do something and be prepared, you need to talk to your sheriff now. And you need to go ask the sheriff, hey, do you know that the National Guard's here doing that or that they're coming? He needs to write the governor. He needs to he needs to call the governor. He needs to let them know, look, we have things taken care of here. We don't need them here. Uh, some places the National Guard is actually working uh, as employees of grocery stores stocking shelves. I question that. Uh, why don't you just use the regular employees? Thank you. you no, know, call them back to work, because the National Guard—they don't—they don't have any magic bullet that's going to protect them from the disease any more than the regular employees. So I, I didn't quite get get that, but maybe it's just a way of getting, uh, like you said, the foot in the door. Um, I question using the National Guard for any reason right now, uh, but I never will support the national military, which would be a violation of law, the Posse, Posse Comitatus Act. Yes. So again, but to prevent all of this, Coach, we have got to uh, get a relationship with our sheriffs now so that this can be preempted and the sheriffs can now start taking action, just like Sheriff Nichols did in Maine, and let the governor know. We're not doing that here. And they need to let the federal government know and let the state governments know and the mayors and the county commissioners, the same thing. There's a few things we're not going to allow, and this is one of them. And so don't start your door-to-door stuff, and there's certainly not going to be any gun confiscation, and and that'll be the thing that'll get most of the sheriffs in this country really riled. But uh, this whole dumbing down that somebody has the, the right to come to your property to take anything or to just bet you and see how you're doing and if you're not doing everything right, 
that they can come in and take your kids or, or take property or take your guns. Uh, extremely dangerous precedent. And again, the sheriffs can stop that. And as you alluded to just a minute ago, this is something that's immediate. The sheriffs can take action now. You don't have to wait for the next press conference. You don't have to wait for the next election. Sheriffs can do this all right now, and it's lawful, and it's the right thing to do. Well, it is the right thing to do. In fact, uh, before I go to bed tonight, I'm going to contact my sheriff by email initially, and hopefully I can get him on for an interview and asking these very questions. And I'm going to encourage my media brethren uh, and sisters in the media to do the same thing. And uh, what, yeah. what I really like that you've said today is about putting God back into our lives because we're up against it right now. And if we turn our back on God, he will turn his back on us. And God help us at that point in time because the potential there, I, there are forces in our country that I believe if they are able to capture the White House in November, that we will see a purge like we've never seen in this country. It'll be like the Bolshevik Revolution. Do you do you have any fears about who, if Joe Biden gets elected, who's actually going to be behind him calling the shots? Oh, yes, uh, deeply. And um, I don't, um, I've said this before, I don't believe that our country will survive. Um, and that in two to four years, if Biden gets in, and we continue to register to vote the 30 million illegal aliens that are here, and they all get to vote, and as Nancy Pelosi says, same-day registration that you can vote and you don't have to give any identification. Does it any wonder why they want our borders uh, with no laws? Because they can get all these voters in from Mexico and Latin America uh, to change the political landscape of this country. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is such a liar because this is all she cares about. She doesn't care about the people's safety or that we're racist or all this other stuff that she uh, levels all these charges about. She wants voters here. And it's the reason that California went from a Ronald Reagan state to a Nancy Pelosi state and Dianne Feinstein state is because of all of the uh, illegal aliens that are now allowed to vote there. That is so well said. And, uh, but Sheriff, I got to, I'm sorry, but I've got to, Sheriff, I've got to interrupt you and I'm really sorry to do that, but we're right up against the end of the show. So I want to put this out while we still had a second. CSPOA.org, uh, $50 a year membership. And I'll tell you, if you want somewhere to put your money, don't put it into a political campaign, put it into somewhere where it's going to actually do some good for you at the individual level. Sheriff, it's a pleasure to make contact with you. I'll be in touch with you in a couple of days on other matters, but on behalf of my audience, thank you for what you've done and what you're presently doing for your country. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. See you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheriff Richard Mack, and stay tuned. We'll be back after this.